0: This is a CBC podcast.
1: The ocean has a way of drawing us in, doesn't it? I made my first trip to the sea when I was a kid on a family vacation to Nova Scotia. I remember the wet, briny air in the postcard perfect fishermen's coves, the mesmerizing waves endlessly kissing the shoreline. Of course, as beautiful as it is, anyone who lives or works by the ocean knows you can't underestimate the power of the sea.
2: But once the storm enters into Canadian waters Friday, it's going to pick up speed and begin to morph in a hybrid storm. So, still tapping into those oceans
1: take lives, always have, always will. So, those who make their living on the coasts learn to cautiously read the signs and respect the ocean's mighty roar. What happens, though, when everything you've learned starts to fail you, when something you love turns unrecognizable? I'm Duncan McHugh, and this is a hell of a story.
2: Hurricane Fiona keeps gaining strength after hitting Turks and Caicos. It's now a Category 4 hurricane, packing winds of 215 kilometers per hour as it heads north towards Bermuda. And it is expected to reach Canada's east coast by the weekend. Hurricane Fiona slammed. Residents of
1: port basque Newfoundland have seen raging seas and roaring winds before, but no one was prepared for post-tropical storm Fiona last fall. Caroline Hillier recently visited the community. Six months after Fiona, people are still recovering. Here's her story. Hey! <laughs>
3: what well, are having a shooting contest? Four night skis.
1: One of
4: the highlights of the Port of Basque Winter Carnival is this shooting contest. He was in the wall with <laughs> what is this? You're keeping score?
0: Uh, yep, keeping tally on who's hitting what.
4: Winter carnivals are a big deal in small town Newfoundland and Labrador. Highlights include a Miss Winter Carnival pageant, Yay! fishing derbies, snow sculpting, and shooting contests.
5: All basically is we're just shooting skeets and it's just all like pretty well target practice.
4: The carnival in port basque has been on hold for a few years, but this year one woman was determined to bring it back. Okay.
6: I'll call you and I'll pick you up after.
4: Valerie Clark is a busy woman who knows everyone in town and probably has their phone number.
6: Hello. Good morning to you. How are you?
4: She was away in St. John's when Fiona hit and came back a week later to a whole different town.
6: Here's where we live. This is our house in here. And we had a bit of damage. uh,
4: Valerie is a volunteer at the Lions Club, which has a mission to serve. The club raised hundreds of thousands of dollars to help port basque rebuild. But now Valerie is working on rebuilding the town's sense of community.
6: The best way I think that we can help our area right now was to host our winter carnival again and to see um, people smiling. That used to be uh, Ozzy and house, that one's gone. That was Vanessa's, that one's gone. That's her mother's house, or grandmother's house.
4: Houses here are scattered along the shoreline, in a haphazard but picturesque way. Your front yard could be your neighbor's backyard. Most houses were here when the winding roads that connect them were just footpaths. The land passed down generation to generation.
6: Barb Collier's house was right here.
4: This is the version of Newfoundland and Labrador you see in tourism ads. The house's placement looks random, but it's actually strategic. Fishermen needed easy access to the water and their fishing stages that were dotted along the coast here before Fiona washed them away.
6: Right out to sea, all together, right? Barb colliers, the waves came in and it took it from underneath. You know, the waterline is completely different from what it was, the shoreline, right? Just look at the devastation this way, like... Then, These
4: houses yeah, are some here. of the 102 homes in Portabasque destroyed by Fiona, most set to be demolished in the
6: spring. Hello. Morning. Good morning, Lionel. Lionel lives here. Okay.
4: You really do know everyone, don't you? Oh,
6: yes.
4: thought about it. Were you home
6: that morning? Yeah. Shes yeah. with uh
4: cbc radio oh, okay. yeah. yeah so you you were home when it happened, and then you had to evacuate,
0: oh, yeah, we had to uh, go next door well i didn 't we got no windows in the back of our house, so we didn 't know that these houses down back had washed away, uh, never thought i 'd see uh, water do that kind of damage here yeah i 've lived there all my life, so like I mean the waves were coming over there, they were like uh, just seventy feet in the air, just pounding in that. Just, and it was just like, you had a job to stand up, you had to dodge debris, and on and on. So it's just crazy. It was just like,
6: Can you imagine if we didn't have channel lid to break that water? Oh, I know. I, huh?
0: I, I don't know. I mean, it just came in there just like a, a bowl, right? It just came, as, as it kept coming in, it rose up higher and higher, and of course it got into the end of the cove, right? Well, as I keep saying, when I get, if I stay here, I will have a bird's eye view right to North Sydney, because all these houses are supposed to be going.
4: But Lionel isn't staying. There's a for sale sign up in his window. If the house sells and he thinks it will, he's moving out of town and away from the water. A decision made after Fiona.
0: I came and I seen all the debris around my house and I was very thankful that I was not one of the ones that lost my house. Don't get me wrong, but it was also one of the feelings that, well, you had a survivor guilt. So we actually got out of town for three days up to our cottage. We don't normally go to our cottage in in October, late October. but We go up and state just to, just to get away from all the
3: uh,
0: all the things. I mean, we lived we lived there, that house still not torn down till January. That one that Valerie showed you. Yeah. That was like, look at that every day. Every day A Reminder yeah. every day to see this house.
4: Uh, where are you gonna move?
0: Uh, Pasadena or Corner Brook or Deer Lake, somewhere inside where there's no where there's well, nothing get away from wind, but get away from the water. You know.
4: Okay, well, thank you very oh, much. No Sorry, we uh, held up from the post office. <laughs> that's okay, I still catch the mail. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's well, 102 retired. houses were completely destroyed. 250 others are badly damaged but salvageable. A, you know, million dollar view,
6: right? Yeah, and everybody—that's what everybody thought. Like, oh.
4: we're driving to
6: where Patty Munden used to live.
4: Her house is one of the 102 set to be demolished. This is Patty's house. You've yeah. been in here before,
6: have you? I've never been in, in the, actually, inside of it. Hello. Hello. Good
7: morning, Wesley. Patty Munden's home
4: is a home with history.
7: It was just a gathering spot. This was the gathering spot for, our, for the Munden household. Like, everybody came home from holidays. Where did they come? Here. Like, this was home to not only
6: us, all, our, all of our family. Wow. I've never been in your house, but this is not the time to come see, is it? Oh, no, this is not a good time, but... Oh, wow. Wow. Even if you've
4: seen the photos and videos of the destruction, seeing it in real life is pretty jarring. There's sand and broken glass everywhere. Big rocks and boulders. I'm speechless. This is just... Through a wall of now broken floor to ceiling windows, you can see the open ocean. The sounds of outdoors are indoors. Seagulls squawking, waves rolling. A bird flies inside, then out again. Snow blankets parts of the floor. There's a mattress in the kitchen. Patty has no idea where it came from or whose it is.
7: Holes and big pieces of wood in our living room. Yeah. Um,
4: Patty is a decorator. She'd swap out her table linens and pillows every season. Today, a smattering of that decor remains. Bits of Christmas and Thanksgiving are thrown everywhere.
7: Oh, yeah. The wallpaper yeah. and
4: paint are and peeling. Out. A wingback chair and couch are toppled over. And out. Yeah. Patty and her husband Rick escaped their house with their two cats just before the ocean came rushing in.
7: The woman next door that was in our rental property, her husband was out looking at the ocean and I was up in the front of the yard with, we were like ready to go and I heard her screaming but I thought she was screaming at her husband because I could see him over on the side of her house but she was screeching at my husband and when I looked I saw Rick coming around the corner. and. When he came around the corner, then we heard the beat and the bangs and the crashes and the whatever. The first wave that came before the big one had knocked him, and he, there was a, a, a railing like a, the fence out there. He grabbed hold to it, and it beat him up against the side of the house, so he was bruised from his ribs down to his waist. But when he got, he kept running. He didn't fall. He kept running. If he had fell, he would have been washed out.
4: What do you feel right now when we're standing here looking out at that water?
7: You know, I loved I love the ocean. I uh, this I loved it always. You all you'll never take the ocean away from me. But looking at at this disaster right now is like the ocean was something that we always loved, right? I don't even know now if I if I went there if I could trust myself to go in the ocean to swim. Like I just don't have the same it, same feeling anymore. Of course, why would you? You wouldn't. My mother's from Nova Scotia. I haven't even been on Marine Atlantic Ferry to go to Nova Scotia yet. And I know i got to face it. I, uh, it's something I can't run away from, but I will do it when the time is right. We're probably thinking that we can do something with this land and probably put a park bench or, yeah, put a park bench or. They put it just like a a memory pinch or whatever, something here, so it could be utilised. Because in the summertime, it is so pretty.
4: Patty Munden has accepted her financial compensation offer from the province. So the house and the land it's on is no longer hers. She plans to rebuild in the town's new subdivision. It's about a five minute drive from Patty's old house. There, she'll still have a view of the water, but a pond,
7: not the ocean. Everything is going to be all right. Yeah, everything will be okay.
4: Patty doesn't like to think about what could have happened to her husband, Rick, because one person in Portabasque did die when she was swept out to sea. Hello. There. Norman, that's you, okay. Norm Hanks is staying in a senior's cottage beside the hospital. Today, rabbit stew is boiling away on the stove. A camouflage couch sits in the middle of the living room. A reality show about hunting plays on a muted TV. A single photo, a selfie, hangs on the wall.
3: Yeah, she would never let me do a selfie. <laughs> she wouldn't? No. Nope. And that Wednesday morning, we removed something. I said, let's do a selfie. She said, okay. So I took the picture. She said, let me look at it. And, oh, she said, we got a smile. Take another one.
4: That selfie was one of the last photos taken of his partner, Thelma Lehman.
3: I heard this awful noise. And she came in. She said, you better get up, she said. Uh, your small boat is gone, and the bo- after bottom patio. And I said, "Come on!" And I said, "Come on!" I said, "We got to get out of." You go move your boat. She said, "I'll be fine." And that was the last words. You go move your boat. I'll be fine. Little did we know what was in store for us.
4: Norm went out to move his boat just as a big wave crashed over the property, carrying sheds and parts of the house away. Thelma was still inside. Norm raced back.
3: Hauling out her name and nothing. And we could stand up in the porch and look down in the basement through the living room, and all was there was gravel and the cement wall. So there was nothing there for her to hang on to or nothing. I was in a state of shock, I guess. I don't know how long I was there. And the windows were all out. There was salt water running down through. I stood up in the porch for a while, and this big wave come right over the house, and I waited.
4: Thelma's body was found the next day. She was Norm's best friend, his hunting
3: partner, and the love of his life. There'll never be another one like her. I miss her so much. It's it's hard. We've been together 22 years. We also went together in high school.
4: Oh, really? And then you you separated and got back together? Yeah,
3: 35 years later.
4: Did you always think about her in those 35 years?
3: She always asked about me, asked my sisters. And I gave her two little things when I was 16. She brought that down from the house and still had it. So, but we got along awesome. Everybody that knew us, we wore out two bikes, of four-wheelers. We skidooed. We ice-faced. We rabbit-snared. We hunted terrors out. she go out boat with me wintertime. Only woman. If I had only known what was going to happen, eh? But you don't. But I tell you, If it had happened out through the throat tonight, you wouldn't be talking to me and a good many more. I miss her so much. I'm on two different lots of pills for PTSD. I take sleeping pills nighttime. If you could only imagine my dreams, it would scare you. Before all this, Norm had a lot of hobbies, gunsmithing,
4: hunting, fishing, photography, woodworking. But all his tools, along with his life savings,
3: are gone. We were trying to get a safety deposit box, but we were on a waiting list, both banks. So we had it home, around $35,000.
4: Being cooped up in this apartment isn't doing much for Norm's mental or
3: physical health. I wish I had a boat today. Uh, I may, might be just a bowl of jelly when I get out on the water, but I still want to go. And I've been even looking at boats. He used to spend most of his days out in his shed, but now? I got nothing to do and no place to go. Right. I can't go home. I can't go to my shed. I can't do nothing. So I read a bit watch a lot of television, and sleep a lot.
4: He's waiting on the province's promise for financial compensation. The house was in Thelma's name, and she didn't have a will, so it's been a long and complicated
3: process. One thing Thelma said about me, she said, I've never seen him in a situation where he couldn't get out of. But I can feel her presence here sometimes especially in being in the mornings, I reach over to, s- to see if she's there. Right?
4: Signing up to be the mayor of Portabasque is supposed to be barely a part-time job. But for Brian Button, it's become a lot more
2: than that. No one planned this. There's no book. There's no playbook. There's nothing. So what we do is just try to, to get through it together. And I think, you know, sometimes we got to take the time and shed a tear if it needs to.
4: The town is rebuilding through a climate lens. So even if people want to build back by the water, they can't.
2: Newfoundland and Labrador has been built on the fishery. And the, the fishing industry was the way of life. People built their homes on the water because they worked from the water. You know, the, the wharf, everything was by the home. Uh, they've done it in their past, their, their forefathers, and then they've done it, and it carried on a tradition. So when you're trying to explain it, and uh, some people look at the story and they see the visual and say, well, my God, why would anybody have their house sitting on the water? Uh, it sat there for, in some cases, over 100 years, and nothing happened. It's Weather has always been the talk in Newfoundland and Labrador. Everybody talks to weather. You go to a barber shop, you talk to weather. But now it's when there's a storm coming, it is on the street, it's at the counter, it's on the calls, it's people worrying, will I go, we have measures in place and stuff, but uh, it's 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 going to have an everlasting effect for a lot of people.
4: With rising sea levels, scientific projections show that parts of some towns in Newfoundland and Labrador will be underwater in 10 or 20 years coastal roads, town halls, and homes. A catchy phrase in the climate change industry is managed retreat. That is, making a plan to move those roads and buildings before they're underwater. But that's a big and expensive undertaking. And unless you've seen the devastation Fiona caused firsthand, you may not even want to move. Living on the ocean is part of the charm of coastal communities. But when you have seen it, Moving away can feel like the only solution, at least for some. Mayor Brian Button says he's been hearing from more and more people that feel that way.
2: You know, the sea has a devastating uh, effect, obviously, what we've saw. But the majority of the people I've spoken to, and that's a lot, don't have anything to do with living by the water.
6: And follow. Oh, no, better. No worries, too. Okay, will you just give me a call? I'll call you as soon as I'm free. Might be an hour or so now, okay? Okay, no problem. All right, sweetheart. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. Valerie
4: Clark is putting her house up for sale and plans to move out of town.
6: I guess we'll start concentrating on what's the next thing that we can do to continue to do things, I guess, for our community to help people and... uh, try to keep their minds off of it, really. Thank you, Valerie. Thanks for being my tour guide and bringing me around and connecting me with everyone. Wonderful. Take care. Take care. I'm running around. (laughs) I bet you are. Okay, thank (laughs) you. Okay,
4: see ya. Norm is peeling carrots and turnip for his rabbit stew. We don't
3: get sick. We don't get colds or flus because we're eating, you know, fairly healthy. I'd say we, me now.
4: Norm doesn't know where he'll live, only that it won't be by the water.
3: But when I dwell on it, it just, sometimes I wonder if life is worth it all. I'll be 74 on my birthday. There's not much to look forward to. But I am going bear hunting in May. <laughs> he knows Thelma would want
4: him to keep pushing. Thelma always wanted Norm to write a book about his
3: life. And I had it started. I had it on the computer at home. And Thelma was going to go in and crick the punctuation and do it all for me. But we never got down to that. The computer is gone. So are all
4: his old diaries and hunting log books.
3: Thinking about getting a recorder, record it verbally, and perhaps get it done off after.
4: He still wants to write that book. Thelma already picked the title, Adventures with Norm.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
5: hey! I don't
4: If Norm came to this shooting contest, he'd probably have a good shot at winning.
0: So we got one more person who could potentially win it, but he's going to have to get all three.
4: Okay. And if he doesn't?
0: Then Raymond Osman wins, the guy in the camouflage over on the end there. They're all in camouflage. (laughs) (laughs) The one on the bird. Okay, okay. Right now he's in the lead and uh, looks like he's got it. Okay. Oh. It's Raymond. That guy up there just won not a guy dancing. That's the guy he wants to talk to.
7: Hey <coughs> real?
5: Alright, now we got a pair of it. You missed the last two. Just Okay. <laughs> raymond
4: You're the winner. No, I'm the You're winner. Right. Okay. Old timer. <laughs> uh I shot
5: Skeets. Twenty-five years ago for my first time.
4: So you haven't shot skeet since then?
5: Twenty five years ago. Twenty five years ago. I do a lot of hunting, yeah. yeah. Well congratulations. Thank you very much. And
4: when you came out today did you think you were gonna win or no. did you just come out for No, some
5: just just came out for get door. I'm outdoor, I love the outdoors.
4: For every person who plans to leave this town, a lot more plan to stay.
5: It's starting to come around a bit, but there's still a lot of sad people out there i mean it's a good place to live i mean i wouldn't trade it for anything here so it's a good place to live i've noticed the toys are still a, a bit different than they were like over the years i live very close to the water too and i can tell the difference in the tide when it gets high. now it's it's usually higher now than it usually yeah I believe in climate change I tell you that one one thing everything is changing even when I'm hunting and fishing I can tell the difference
4: okay well let's uh,
5: let's go see your prize okay <laughs> congratulations there Raymond this is your 12 uh, gauge pump action winner of the uh, skeet shoot for winter carnival Bass and delta waterfowl thank you very much
4: Changing coastlines have changed some things here, like where people will put their new homes. But it hasn't changed hey, everything.
5: Logan, he <laughs> <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> Nobody needs that hey, awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that dock by Caroline Hillier of CBC St. John's, and thanks to the team at What on Earth. As we listened, I was so struck by that small comment at the end, the fella at the skeet shoot, who said... I believe in climate change, I'll tell you that. Spoken like someone who knows, our coasts are now the climate front lines. And that's it for this week's Hell of a Story. The show is produced by Tanera McLean, Julia Poggle, and me. We're part of the CBC Audio Doc Unit. And hey, how about giving a warm and fuzzy to your favorite audio doc maker? Rate us or review us. We read them all, and it helps people find us. I'm Duncan McHugh, Jimmy Gwetch. Thanks for listening.